Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. This next talk is on Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Uh, it's another chapel talk that I gave to our senior school students here at my school. Uh, the challenge for this talk is for students to consider uh, that since or if they are uh, raised with Christ, uh, it ought to determine the effort that they make to live for Jesus in a very real and deliberate way. I hope you enjoy this next one. All right, come see. I want you to think how this statement uh, could be true. So the statement is, who you're with changes how you behave. Who you're with changes how you behave. How is that statement true? Maybe how has it been proven true for you? Or how have you seen it to be true around you? Okay, talk about it with each other. I'll give you 30 seconds and then I'll get your feedback in a moment. Go. Uh, final 10 seconds. Okay, three, two, and one. All right, this side over here, how is this statement true? Who you're with changes how you behave. How is it true? Yes. Often you wouldn't talk to like your close friends, for example, the way you would talk to, I don't know, some family members. Yes. Like, yeah, the way you talk to your grandma is going to be different than the way that you talk to your best buddy. Maybe? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true, right? Who agrees with that? Yeah? Let's be honest, who might be a little bit looser with their friends in comparison to with they might be with their grandmother or their grandfather? So, yeah, right, okay. Uh, what about over this side? How could this statement be true? Or how is this statement true? What do you think? Who you're with makes a difference or changes how you behave. Yeah. Because like when you're with your friends, you might like to put in peer pressure and do some naughty things. Yeah, you do dumb stuff, don't you, sometimes. Um, who's, like you go, you go to MacArthur Square and you're at MacArthur Square with your mum and your dad. Uh, things are pretty sensible, right? Uh, but then you happen to go to MacArthur Square with a group of friends and sometimes it can be a different story, can't it? Uh, maybe you visit different shops when you're with your friends. Maybe the pace at which you shop is different as well. You're just cruising through MacArthur Square. Or maybe even you might get into a bit of cheeky mischief as you just laugh and giggle and enjoy friendship together. Of course, none of you are criminals, so we don't have to worry about that. 
But it's true, I reckon, that, that how you, who you're with changes how you behave. Um, like, you know, we've seen Donald Trump at the moment. He's hanging out with the Queen. I'm sure he behaves differently with the Queen than how he behaved when he's just at home kicking back in his armchair in the White House. If you were with the Queen, I'm sure that you would behave differently. I'm sure if the headmaster was standing up the front here, just standing here next to me as I gave this talk now, you wouldn't be sitting there talking to the person next to you or you wouldn't be making snide comments along the way. If he was there and he was watching you and he was keeping an eye on what you were doing, you would be behaving, wouldn't you? You would sit up straight and tall, you would look this way, you would at least appear to have an interest and you'd be looking this way and trying to look like you listen at least. Or maybe you would be just listening. So who you're with changes how you behave. We're starting this way because in Colossians, Paul reminds this church living in Colossae that they're with Jesus. And because they're with Jesus, that should change everything for them. It should completely change everything up. Let's have a look at it, right? So here's the first little verse, a few verses from verses 1 to 4 of Colossians chapter 3. And this first part I want to raise your attention to. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. That's how he starts. You see, there's been a mighty power that has been at work in the church in Colossae. In fact, in every Christian, there is a mighty power that is at work. And the power is that when Jesus was raised from the dead, so we too were raised from the dead. And that's the reality for people who are with Christ, that you are no longer dead in your sins, but you are now raised to life with Jesus. So that means there's a very real reality for Christians today, that we live a particular way today because we are alive with Christ today. But there's also that future hope, isn't there, when Christians will be raised with Jesus to go to where? Heaven. So Paul says to the Colossians in verse 1, Since then, you've got this great and mighty power that has acted in you. Since then that you have been raised with Christ, Look what he says in the green text. He says, Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. See, Paul really simply says, because they're with Jesus, they've got to look up. They've got to look up. They've got to keep a perspective on things, an upwards approach. Firstly, they're looking up where Jesus is seated. See, when Jesus died on the cross and when he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and the Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of God, that Jesus is in the very throne room of God, that Jesus is the king who is on his throne and he is ruling. And so as they look up, he says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, it means that they're remembering that Jesus is the one who rules. And that's a great perspective to have. Because if Jesus rules, that means that I do not rule. If Jesus rules, it means that you do not rule. If Jesus rules, it it means that even the, the rules and authorities in our world have a greater ruler over them. And his name is Jesus. And so, as I live in this world, I live for the one true king who is alive and reigning in heaven for all of eternity. Jesus Christ. What a king. But the second thing he says is, look up and don't look down and focus on the earthly things. Last time we were at chapel, we spoke about how the earthly things are destined to perish. 
that they will not endure, they will not last, but not with heavenly things. Heavenly things will endure forever, that they are eternal things. And so we ought to look up and focus on those things because the heavenly things is what our hope is in. I've got a picture there up on the screen of a guy mountain biking, um, a person mountain biking down a, a single track. It's very rocky, you can see that. Um, I don't know where that photo is taken. It looks like it's in, in America or maybe Canada or something like that. But does anyone in this room ever mountain bike? Anyone mountain bike? There's a few people in here. Um, one of the basic rules of mountain biking, and probably you know, apart from learning how to ride the bike, but riding single trail, the basic rule is that as you ride single trail, you're meant to look up and look ahead. Don't look down at where your wheel is about to go, but look ahead to where you want your wheel to go. So as this person is, is mountain biking down this single trail, they could be looking directly here in front of their wheel. But that's not the rule. The rule is to look up ahead at the trailhead to where you want to go. And what's crazy is that as you do that on a mountain bike, your body does this crazy thing and you just take the right line through the trail. It's really strange how it works. And I think the same sort of principle applies here to this part of the Bible. We want to look up and we want to focus on where we're headed, where we want to go. If we look down and focus on the earthly things, well, that's where we're going to go to naturally, isn't it? But we've got to remember, if we're with Christ, we've got a wonderful treasure with God in heaven. And so let's look up and focus on that because that's where then our bodies will go. That's where we will be taken towards. So Paul says, first of all, from the very beginning, mighty power has been worked in you, Colossians. So look up, look to Jesus. Don't focus on the earthly things. See, because of Jesus, Paul teaches that their old life is over, their new life is here, and their future life is soon to appear. This is what he goes on to say next. So they've been raised with Christ, and so now they have a new life to live. Look at what he says in verse 3. He says, For, you're going to look up and set your mind on hearts on things above, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You see there, the past is, what happened in the past? What does it say in verse 3? In the past, you died. You died with Christ. And what does that mean for the present? Your life is now hidden. See, what that means is we have a very real reality. If you're a Christian, that right now we are partakers of heaven. But are we in heaven right now? Not yet. But it's a real reality for us that it's something that we are going to get. We've got it, but not quite yet. It's sort of like when your mum goes, or you go and buy yourself a present, but you put it away for just the right time to give it to yourself. Right? You've got it, but you don't yet have it yet, do you? So it's a, it's a present reality, but is now hidden with Christ. But look what's going to happen in the future. When Christ appears, who is your life, then you will appear with him in glory. For the Colossians, their life has changed because of Jesus. Their life has changed in the past, in the present, and it will change in the future. So they could say things like this, right? They could say, with Christ is where I've been because I've died with Christ and now I'm alive with him. With Christ is where I am because my life is hidden with him today. And with Christ is where I'll be because I've got this wonderful hope of the future in heaven. They could even say things like this. The old life is over, the new life is here, and the future life is on its way. 
You see, they have a new life to live because they're with who? With Jesus. But what now? What does this mean for them now? Well, Paul goes on now in the rest of this chapter to say that they need to make an effort and they need to change things up. And the first thing he identifies is this. He says that as people who are with Christ, Christ, so he's talking to Christians here. If you're a Christian, then he says, defeat the earthly nature. And look at what he takes on first. He says, therefore, he says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. See, Jesus wants us to defeat the earthly nature and that, first off the mark for him, is what he addresses here is sexual misconduct. The way that we use our body is important, ladies and gentlemen. It's important how we live for God all the time, but even when it comes to something like sex. We need to make an effort and we need to not behave inappropriately with our bodies. And so he talks about sexual immorality and then all these other things flow directly from sex. Impurity and lust and evil desires and greed. But the thing is, all of these things are, what does he say in the green there, which is underlined? It is idolatry. When we focus on just feeding our sexual desires, we are focusing purely and 100% on just ourselves. We're not thinking about God. And when we remove God from his position as ruler and king and we focus on something else above him, then that's idolatry. And the scary thing is, in verse 6, because of this, the wrath of God is coming. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did in the garden. They turned from God and chose to do what they wanted to do. They rejected God as king and chose another idol. Don't you choose another idol as well? Remember that God is the king. He is the one. Set your mind on things above. He is the one that's on the throne and don't fall for other idols. In fact, for Christians, that's how you used to live but you don't live like that anymore. The second thing he says is put away poor speech. Look, verse 8. But now you must also rid yourself of such things as these, as anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. I wonder what the first thing, uh, what, what was the first thing that came out of your mouth this morning? When you spoke, what did you say? Was it a word of encouragement? Was it a word of anger? Was it a word of love? Was it an encouraging building upward this morning? Did you say, Mum, I love you this morning? Or did you say, Mum, where's my uniform? How did you speak to those around you this morning? Well, Paul says here that if you're with Jesus, get rid of filthy language from your lips. Imagine for a moment if our words were more like this. The picture on the screen there, there's uh, a page of writing that has been transposed to look like it's another person that's hugging another human being. Imagine if our words were used to encourage others, to hug people, so to speak, with our words. Imagine if we used our words to turn attention away from ourselves and actually to build one another up. Think about that for a moment. Your words that you've spoken today, is it just about you or is it, did you speak words to encourage one another, to build them up in this day? 
Thirdly, Paul says, because you're with Jesus, make a change. Verse 9, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I like this idea of taking off and putting on. You might have an old set of clothes that you might wear out in the yard. Uh, do you remember your play clothes as a kid? I don't know, did you have play clothes? You were only allowed to wear certain clothes out in the yard or out when you're riding your bike or playing in the mud or whatever. But then when you came inside, you had to take off the old clothes and put on the nice clean clothes. Uh, every winter, well not every winter, but most winters I'm, I usually go out and I buy a new hoodie because I love a nice new hoodie. Yeah, you with me? It's nice and soft on the inside. The material is actually fluffy and, and it feels warm and cosy. Uh, I have had to face the reality of chucking out my favourite Hurley hoodie the other day and it's got holes in it, it's stretched and it's baggy. It still fits me and I still like it, but it doesn't look great. It's time to take off that hoodie and put on a brand new one. If you're with Christ, take off your old self. Put on the new self, he says. Make a real change. You can't just say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but then continue to live the old way. It doesn't work like that. You can't just say, I went to a youth convention on the weekend and I prayed a prayer of acceptance and so I'm a Christian now, but I'm going to still go out and disobey my parents. Or I'm still going to have filthy language or I'm still going to live a sexually immoral life, as Paul has spoken about already. We need to make a change, take off the old self, put on the new. And the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter who you are. Remember Jesus make a change. In verse 11 he says, here there is no Gentile or Jew, there's no circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. What you need to know is that's a description of all kinds of different people. People of all religious backgrounds, people of all social and economical backgrounds, people of high standing and of low standing. But it doesn't matter who you are, he says in that last verse. The main point is at the very verse, end of verse 11 he says, Christ is all and is in all. Jesus is everything, is what Paul is saying, and he is everything for everyone. So stand with Jesus. Stand with Jesus and make a change. That's exactly what Paul says to the Colossians. You're with Jesus. Make an effort. Change things up. And it's the same for you too. If you're with Christ, if you're with Jesus, if you're a, a Christ standing, sorry, if you're a Christian today, so look up to the heavenly things and be deliberate in making a change today. But if you're not a Christian, remember what you know about Jesus. Remember what you have been taught about Jesus here at school or maybe in a church or maybe at a youth group thing. Remember the evidence for Jesus Christ. Jesus actually rose from the dead, ladies and gents. There were 500 people that saw him alive. This is no joke. This is no fabrication. Jesus is really the risen king. And so today, walk with him. Make an effort to change things up because of him. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's word about how he has loved us and how he has saved us and who he calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder.
The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.